Welcome back, everyone, to the Council for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split seconds relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. Our second co-host, MVP, is currently on a work trip, and our third host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio making sure our faces stay fit for radio. And today we have a return guest and co-host for this episode, uh, Faith from How to Helicopter. Welcome back, Faith. Hey, how are you guys? Good, good. Good to see you again. <laughs> Long time, no nothing. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I know, it's been it a has. while. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Faith, she is a certified helicopter mechanic, a fellow content creator like us. She is the a Helicopter Association ambassador, and an aspiring helicopter pilot. Hey. <laughs> Working on it slowly We're, but surely. Slowly but surely. That's the only way to win. And she was all on our first Creators Roundtable episode, uh, along with Stig and Fix Fly Travel. If you haven't listened to that, please go check it out. So we've been doing an air quotes unspoken series of how-tos and top five episodes to better assist those who've been aspiring to become mechanics those who are fairly green to the industry or for those who have been so far removed from the inner happenings of aviation like it's been a while since you had to have seen the hiring phase right or you've been kind of homesteading in a certain area and you decided to branch out to a different field or a certain area of aviation maybe outside of aviation so this episode is going to be a, a mixed bunch of topics to include those uh, firstly, uh, I'd like to talk about finding <laughs> an AMT job. So uh, this is more in the case like you just received your AMP certification, you're happy, you're ready to work, you're enthusiastic, full of passion and desire. I feel like everyone says that a lot, passion and desire, but <laughs> you don't know where to start. <laughs> now, oh, Google, Google would be the first tool anyone would ever use and not knock in Google. It's probably a very good tool to utilize, but sometimes depending on your search uh, keywords, so to say, it might give you a mixed bag of results that may not be of help. Uh, sometimes it directs you to a bunch of Reddit threads that more so give you salty comments than actual <laughs> advice. <laughs> right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Reddit is a is a good place to hear any sort of feedback, but sometimes it gets a little carried away with uh, some of the salty comments. <laughs> uh, there's also LinkedIn. LinkedIn is definitely one. Uh, so far, I have learned that LinkedIn is huge in Canada. I did not know that. And for us here in the US, it's more so for like executives. Like it's like Facebook, but for executives. Your your uh, profile picture is you and you in a suit or some really <laughs> fancy dress, and like you wouldn't probably like unless again if you're an executive, it's probably something you won't be using for a majority of your job hunts. <laughs> so but yeah, but there's other avenues you can utilize. And uh, Faith, if you can help me, uh, from the last episode we had you on, you did mention a great resource, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> So like you said, LinkedIn is actually, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I would post on there and if you use hashtags for whatever industry, if you're, you know, trying to get into airlines or helicopter stuff, if you're already currently doing stuff as an AMP or you're trying to 
um, get hired on as an AMP. That's a great way to kind of connect and mingle with people that are already in the industry. Um, and sometimes you'll see job postings there, but most of the time, like you said, it's more of like keeping connections and mingling, I feel like than anything. But, um, the one that I always, uh, implore new people looking to get into the industry is JS firm. So JS firm specifically filters aviation related jobs. So, um, maintenance, I think there, there could be an option on there for pilots. I've never had to search it personally myself. Um, but I'm sure that there probably is, um, you can look up specific like avionics jobs, helicopter maintenance jobs, um, the airlines, you can search by region keywords. There's a lot of different things. So, um, a lot of people, it's kind of one of those hidden gems. I feel like people in the industry know about it. And that's unfortunate because there's people trying to enter the industry that don't know about it. Um, so I've been trying to see like every school, I visit or um, if I talk to people that are interested and they're currently and actively looking, I always try to drop that hint. But JS Firm is a great one. Um, I believe there's another one. I never used it personally, but a couple people do know about it. It's called Just Helicopters. Um, I don't think as many postings are typically on there. And usually if they're posted there, they're usually already on JS Firm. So just kind of one of those catch-alls. But there might be some that are posted to just helicopters that might not be on just JS firm. So maybe, you know, cross check and just make sure. But, um, but yeah, I did use those when I was in the industry, um, trying to get in. And another great thing that you can do as well is depending on what, um, niche you're trying to get into, try to see if there's any conventions or expos or anything that would correlate or relate to the job you're looking to find. Um, I actually went to, there is an expo every year. It's called the Heli Expo. It's put on by HAI. Um, I went to this long before I was an ambassador. I was actually an AMP student, hadn't even graduated yet. And I met so many people that were looking for AMPs. So I printed off like a million resumes. I think I shook everybody's hand in that freaking building. <laughs> I was so exhausted by the end of that trip just because I was trying to get my name out there and business cards. And that was one of the best things that I did. Um, handing out my resume to as many people as I did. Um, when I actually went to apply for my job, they already had my resume, um, which was awesome. You know, I called them was like, Hey, I saw on JS firm that you guys are looking for a mechanic. And they're like, yeah, please send us your resume. So I sent it to him and the guy called me that was hiring. And he's like, Hey, we actually already have your resume. We were going to call you. Someone found it at the expo and they came and talked to us. And I'm like, no way. So, um, so yeah, the, the industry is, it's big, but it's, it's, you know, also small in that sense that word to mouth and, you know, meeting people and just shaking a few hands can really make all the difference as well. Almost definitely. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the expos and conventions because that was literally what's going to be what I was going to say next is like, sometimes, you know, like the online helps, but that face to face factor really kind of drives it home. You know what I mean? And oh, uh, absolutely. Like, especially with expos, uh, like we haven't been to the HAI Healy Expo. Uh, we are planning to go to one. So if y'all are planning to go, maybe we can all see each other and maybe high five and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> expos and conventions are 100% a great way. And that's, it, it says expo, but half the time it's like an impromptu career fair. And we say this because we've seen so many conventions where like guys will will maybe not job offer on the spot but they'll like hit you back with an interview within like two business weeks at most and some like i've some, actually had 
interviews at expos. That's how bad A&Ps are needed right now. But if, if you drop your card and they're like, oh, it's like a secretary or someone that's working and they're like, oh, like they went out to lunch. Like we'll give you a call back. I've literally had people call me in 20 minutes be like, hey, did you, are you still around our booth? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, or whatever. And like ran back like immediately. Like people need A&Ps so bad. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, no worries. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad you put that out there because we've like, we've seen somewhere like they'll have on the spot offers, uh, and this may not be for helicopter mechanics. This was for uh, various other contractor type jobs, and not I can't recall what exactly, but they had on the job offers right then and there. So like, as long as you had like the right uh, character, the right amount of qualifications, the minute they shook your hand, it was like pretty much like a done deal, right? Uh, so for in the sense of in-person, um, kind of going away from the online searches a bit, but for as far as in-person, what I would suggest is if you're going to go as far as making business cards for yourself, um, this may be a little bit off the wall, but uh, if you have access to Google Sites or some kind of homepage uh, deal, I would church that up and then put it as a QR code on your business card. Cause I mean, like whenever someone sees something that says scan me half the time, they're going to want to push that button and figure out what that what's on it. Right. Or at least I would, I'm, I'm a curious George like that. Like what's this button do? Even when it has a clear sign that says, do not touch this. It just makes me want to touch it all the more. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Or something with big switches. I, I don't know why. Like I'm, maybe I'm, I'm ADHD like that. I just have to flip big switches, but, uh, I would put a QR code on your business card that links to that Google sites or that homepage or your, or your social media or whatever, right? And church it up in such a way where like it really puts on display what your qual- qualifications are, what your personality is, what your experience is. And so when, like, when they look at this and then they read your resume, everything all jives and marries up. I'm like, okay, this is the person, right? They've, they've attached the face to the name and now they see the qualifications there and that just might land you the bit. Now, is this going to work every time? Of course not. I've seen some individuals where like they've literally turned in like a, like the resume equivalent of a sticky note and they got hired. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but then again, that's also dependent on what you're actually trying to get out of it and who you're actually trying to work for. But uh, conventions and expos, 100% a, g- a great way to do so. Uh, a- as you were mentioning, the JS firm actually kind of, I-, I peeked on the site just a wee bit on my phone and it really does uh, uh, filter out uh, between different jobs like uh, aircraft mechanic jobs, commercial airline jobs, uh, inspection authorization jobs. Heck, even quality inspector. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, uh, <laughs> Well, for quality inspector, you're kind of dealing more so on aviation from the production side of things, right? Uh, so it, you might have to read in just a wee bit more about that. Like, what does that entail as far as quality inspector? Or sometimes you're going to be doing some like buku government contracts that's like lucrative, but volatile, if that makes any sort of sense to anybody. Uh, another one that I have heard of which some people use, I haven't used it myself, is called amtsocials.com. Um, I believe that one has more so of like recruiting um, style um, uh, sites or recruiting style um, hubs where like uh, regionally there's like these different recruiting firms and then you can kind of go through some kind of career recruiter to help you out 
or just do a general vague search about certain jobs or the employers in certain areas. So that's another great resource. Online is definitely a good one, but you got to kind of be mindful what these online places take you because sometimes like um, it's, you can get lost real fast. And some of these, they're like, they're not giving enough information for you to act upon it. Or Mm -hmm. they just readily assume that you know what's going on. So like they just feel like you should know the process already because you've been an air quotes experienced AMT for some time, even though it's your first time ever or it's been a while. (laughs) So definitely like give give those a look and then just be mindful what you're looking for. On on that note, uh, speaking of AMT jobs, uh, this may be a sore point for some people, but it's definitely one for me is when you get individuals who who are looking for jobs and you're kind of assisting them along and it's not what they're looking for and, or it's not in the, in the realm of what they want. And then just say something along the lines like, that's cool. I'll just go join X, Y, Z, or I'll just go work for X, Y, Z. Like uh, the common ones I hear is like firefighters, EMS, uh, military contractors and stuff like that. Yes. But no, <laughs> and I, I, can, I think Faith really knows what I'm talking about is like uh, you get some jobs where people have this notion that it's uh, it's green. The, the green side is always not the one you're standing on. And that's not always the case. And sometimes, you know, you feel it's easy. You feel it's going to be an easy win. But then you start going through the process and then you're getting dead rings every time. Um, I mean, if you want to elaborate just a wee bit on that faith. Yeah, I've heard, um, that was something too. I think a lot of people out of AMP school when they were just trying to find a job and like get some direction, a lot of people would just say, Oh, the airlines, like, Oh, I'll go work for the airline, the airlines, this, the airlines, that it was almost like it was a backup, but I'm like, you guys realize there's so many different things you could do within the airlines. Right. Like, you know, and same thing with, um, like you said, different types of contract work, you know, Oh, I'm just going to go work for a military contractor. Oh, I'm just, it's not just anything. Each job is so unique and different from the next, um, you know, schedule wise, if you're going to go work an EMS or a fire contract, those are very different. You know, a fire contract with helicopter work, you are probably going to be working like crazy during fire season. Um, so you better be prepared for that mentally and physically, um, you know, on your off seasons, you're not going to be doing as much. You might have to go where they need you. Um, EMS work, a little bit more routine. However, with that being said, you are on call 24 seven. So if your bird goes down for unscheduled maintenance, um, they don't care if it's, you know, an ungodly time at night, you are responsible for your aircraft. So you have to tend to it. So there's, there's I wouldn't even call them pros and cons or just differences between each industry, even within the industry, you know, cause I'm, I'm a uh, helicopter baptized. That's pretty much, you know, my bread and butter. So um, I can't speak as much for the other ones, but I remember that was kind of a scapegoat that people would say in A&P school and you're exactly right. And I'm like, you guys realize that there is going to be, you know, um, things that set these aside, these jobs, um, that may or may not work with you and your lifestyle. So make sure that you're doing your research and none of them are, are easy or a default, you know, like it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to go stand on the line and work for, you know, Boeing or Airbus or whatever bell. Like there is a lot involved in every job. And, and if you 
take the time and study and go get your A and P. There is a lot of um, liability behind having your A and P, and a lot of things that you are responsible for. So you definitely have to take it seriously. There's ne- seriously, there's never like a default button for this job. So absolutely correct. Makes sense. <laughs> Oh, it made, makes perfect sense to me, and I hope it does for everyone out there. I have heard this one comment. I actually first saw it on Reddit, and I've heard it repeated ever since then. It's uh, when you go for a job, it's either you sleep where you want, you sleep when you want, or you sleep on a pile of money. And then maybe after, <laughs> and then maybe after twenty plus years, you can pick two of them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's wow, so that's true. that is a very good summarization right there. Hell yeah, <laughs> I love it. Sleep where you want, sleep when you want, or sleep on a pile of money. Uh, I will say, from a defense contractor standpoint, because a lot of people I've worked alongside with, or people who've transitioned to where I work now, have been defense contractors. There's a lot of money that can come from defense contracting, depending on what the defense element you're working on. I'll say that. And that money can be very nice, but you know, like nice comes at a price. No no matter, no matter what it sounds like, nice always comes at a price. You're either going to be getting paid great and you have shit for time off, (laughs) or you're going to get paid mediocre with too much time off. Or uh, as Faith said, you're going to have great pay, but your time off is next to zero. And and then likewise with contracting work, almost any contracting work, because it's a contract, it's not, it's not something that's permanent, right? You get like almost any contract there is, there's like an end date. There's a de- de- delivery by date. And when that's over, it's kind of up in the air if they're going to keep that going. Uh, case in point is like certain places like that, that, do contracting work for Bell or other defense-like industries. Like uh, once that contract is up, they can just let you all go, and you won't have anything to fall back on. Or what some of them do, Bell included, is when a new contract takes over, they may, air quotes, may move over the existing people and then transfer them to that secondary contract. That's not a guarantee. So for. Right. A, so for a lot of individuals, like, oh, I'll just do contracting work. It's, don't get me wrong. Like, if you land that, you're going to get paid good for a good for a while. But once that's up, I hope you didn't blow that on something expensive <laughs> because, <laughs> because that, that will dry up real fast. And uh, I've, I've actually had the experience of having feeling like I had a decent savings uh, built up and then some life things happen and then I end up having to t- tap into those savings and I blew through that way faster than I thought I would. So, uh, learn that lesson from myself. Uh, your life savings is never enough to save your life. <laughs> like for the rest of your life, right? Unless like you got some buku 401k sitting somewhere or you have some like retirement fund from, uh, another source. It, it's rarely ever that case, especially if you're new. Um, yeah, <laughs> And uh, it's, yeah, I would definitely say that. And again, as if they said, there's no default button or there's no rock bottom floor that you can just sit yourself on. I mean, you can build one for yourself for sure, but don't just think like it's automatically given to you. And I feel this, especially for my fellow veterans out there. Like uh, I'm going to knock on veterans, including myself on this one. Like 
you, we get like this false sense of security that we're ju- that you're just a hot commodity. You're a rare diamond in this sea of nothing. And then people are just going to be fighting over you to get you. It's fairly true that they will fight for you. But if, if that's like your only aspiration, if that's like your only plan, you're one of however many veterans that's thinking the exact same thing. And it, it comes down to who's different and who's going to do more or who's going to be that, that, uh, that force multiplier, if you want to call it. And if that's not you or the other person's better, guess what, man? You're not the one. <laughs> and if that's, if that's your only plan, I'm sorry to say that's just, it's just not going to end well for you. <laughs> um, yeah. And from what I noticed too, um, from a lot of AMPs for people who've been doing it for X amount of time, yourself included, is they feel this sense of stagnation with their progress, right? Like um, when you're in it, you're, you're, you have something to aim for. Like, I'm going to get my qualifications on this plane. Now I'm going to get it on this plane. I'm going to learn how to do this and do that. I'm going to get my ins- inspection authorization. But then once you kind of hit that, th- there's a, a point where you feel like you're just like going nowhere with stuff. Like you, you're just like floating, not going forward, not going backwards. You're just kind of there. And some individuals have taken upon themselves to add more stress to their life <laughs> and, and take up a uh, get uh, new skills like becoming a pilot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I if I stabbed you a little too hard on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. Trust me. I I know exactly what you're talking about. I so what I um I took this new position at this EMS helicopter operator that I'm currently working for, and my schedule went from like before I, we were talking about just being like you know, running full throttle all the time. And that's how I was at my very first helicopter job. Um, it was not EMS. So um, we were actually an ENG operator. ENG stands for electronic news gathering. Um, so we had cameras mounted to the front of our helicopters and we leased them to news stations. So if you ever saw like a high-speed chase or aerial footage, anything like that, it was probably us. Um but we ran, our shop ran very lean. So uh, we had a home base. We took care of really large refurbs at that home base. And then we got sent out for large maintenance, um, like 300 hour is what typically is what we got sent out for, which is a pretty big interval. Um, so I was constantly banging out huge maintenance, stuff that some people don't ever really do in their careers. And I did it all the time. And so I was traveling from city to city to city to city, and it was just chaotic at best. But I learned a lot really fast. And I did that for about four years, sleep deprived, just, (laughs) I thought that that was normal. I had no time to really take on anything else. Um, But like I said, I learned a lot really fast. And if you're someone like me, I really like to learn. And I think that's what kept me feeling like I was moving forward. Um, So I was taking more on, but it was within my, my work. And so, um, did that for, like I said, several years, really enjoyed it. And then, um, I was offered a position here closer to home. So I didn't have to drive into the city like I was every day. Um, and it paid really well and it was going to be working in helicopter EMS operations, which was a whole new world to me working completely part 135. Um, so I, um, I made the jump 
and my schedule completely changed. So I went from working, you know, between 40 and 60 hours a week to um, working like 15 to 20 hours a week because I was on call, but we still got paid for 40 hours. So, you know, most people for, for them and their job, this was kind of a retirement gig. So, you know, you still get to tinker on stuff, but you're really just taking care of the piddly, more light maintenance. And then if big maintenance does come up, um, you know, they'll call in some troops to help you out, or it'll actually just get shipped off to a bigger facility and they'll give you a spare helicopter and then you just maintain that spare. So it was totally different lifestyle. So I went from just being like, bam, bam, bam. Okay, I'm going to Boston. Now I'm going to Miami. Now I'm going to New York. Like just constantly traveling and taking care of helicopters too. That came to a screeching halt and I was twiddling my thumbs and like, hey, you have a 50 hour due in like two weeks. So you think you can handle that? I'm like, what? I'm like, this is just so, it was so foreign to me. So I, for the first like, month I got my base in order, you know, organized things the way I wanted to. And uh, I got, you know, new toolbox, shadowed it and just spent my time kind of doing some stuff that I'd always wanted to do, but never had the time to catch up on. And then I was like, okay, this, this is only going to last me so long before I start to lose my mind. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to study. I'm going to, I'm going to get my IA. I've got the time now. There's absolutely no excuse. So got the book, started to study for my IA, which for those of you that don't know, you can get your A&P and then the only other license that you can get as a mechanic is your IA. So your inspector authorization. So it allows you to um, legally sign some more stuff off and it gives you a couple more capabilities, but um, it's another test you have to take and you have to keep up with that license. It's not like your A&P. It's a little bit different. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go get it. And my company, like they give you a stipend every year to keep it and they help you keep it. I'm like, yeah, it's worth it. So it was almost like I just spoke it into existence, but I was like, man, you know, like once I get this done, like, what am I going to do after that? What's the next hurdle or what's the next thing I can do to progress in my career? Cause I just feel like I always need to be working towards something. I don't want to, I don't want to be stagnant. And so I don't know the universe, like I said, just heard me and so much stuff fell onto my plate that my IA has been on the back burner because life has been absolutely crazy ever since um, I started this job because I was able to take on more. So when people had really fun projects or tasks that were helicopter aviation outside of my job, I was able to say yes, because beforehand I, there was no way feasible it could have happened. So, um, so I'm actually helping out. There's a, a kids nonprofit here in St. Louis where I'm from. And so I am now vice president of the nonprofit and I'm helping getting kids into aviation and they own a helicopter that I maintain and I'm learning to fly said helicopter. Nice. So that has been huge. So that the helicopter um, that you guys see me um, posting about all the time, it's a TH-67 Creek. So it's basically a jet ranger. Um, it's the military's version of a jet ranger essentially, but, um, that's why I'm always with Clementine because I'm working on it. So I'm flying it. Um, we take it to local events to get kids interested in aviation, to high schools, to all kinds of stuff. So not only am I fixing and trying to learn how to fly, I'm coordinating, planning, getting in touch with, you know, uh, high schools, planning landing zones, like trying to do all this stuff to get kids interested. So, um, it's been a really big bite to chew, but it's been a lot of fun and it always keeps me on my toes. So, um, so yeah, so that kind of just fell into my lap. And like I said, I just think 
it was perfect timing because I had I been at the other place working, there's no way I could have said yes. You know, it, it just would not have been in the cards. So um, things have worked out for the better. And so, I, like I said, I think it was just the universe and perfect timing, honestly. But, um, but yeah, I I totally know what you're saying. Like I said, I was at my job for uh, I don't even know, it was probably probably two months total. Like I said, I was studying for my IA and I was just going stir crazy. I'm like, okay, you know, at A&P school, they hype up your A&P and they hype up your career and then you get there and you're like, yeah, 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 I love it. And then when I got into that next step that had a lot more downtime, I was like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the opportunity to work on a different airframe and I don't have people I can learn off of because there's not other side tasks or maintenance going on. So I'm kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple special projects that I think my boss could tell I was going stir crazy. <laughs> he was like, Hey, like we have a big project over here. It's like three hours away. We can put you up in a hotel if you want. We do need an extra hand. And I was like, yes, 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 please, 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 please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Oh, okay. Like, and it was funny because I think all the other guys in my region were like in their fifties and sixties. And so they were just like, you know, they're just coasting. They're just trying to, you know, rack up some more retirement money and see the grandkids and hang out. And they don't really volunteer for those jobs anymore. So he got somebody like me in his region and he's like, Oh, this is perfect. Like she can kind of float every once in a while. And I was like, yeah, please, if you need something, call me. So, which was a win win. And then, um, like I said, I got the, the nonprofit going now in this position. And so it's been, it's been a whirlwind, but yeah, my schedule is now crazy as ever. You know, that's, that's very commendable too, especially because like you went from like, what do I do with my hands to like, I got to do all this now. And just for hearing you explain it, like I got to plan landing zones. I got to do event planning and this and that. For those who've never done landing zones or done any sort of uh, project event planning, it's a lot of work and it sucks, (laughs) right? Especially if it's not a pre-established point, it gets wild. And and then now you're throwing in stuff like public and kids and, 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 you know, all this, like the court of public opinion is very unforgiving. So like when you don't show up and show out, they let you know quick <laughs> and for, <laughs> for doing something like nonprofit, for instance, that in itself is a lot of work uh, for those who've never worked with nonprofits. It may not seem like it is like, Oh, all they do is just like get clo- clothing or can donations. And then they just chive on, you know, like, they make the buku bucks or they're doing this all for free and stuff like that. It sucks. It's pretty much like having a business where you know for a fact that you're going to lose out in the long run, <laughs> right? Like everything you've, everything you invested in is all going to equal zero once, once the end caps. So like for anyone that's actually owned a business and here's that, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, but for doing this for kids, especially, and per, and uh, enhancing the aviation reach, I, w- I would say it, that's a good way to put it. But it just like giving, enhancing people's knowledge of aviation is huge. And especially nowadays when we're hurting for more people, like just making people more aware that aviation A exists and the people who make these machines fly both on the ground and in the air do exist. So that's huge Uh, that's that's a pretty big thing and i would say in your case or actually anyone's case with a similar situation like like passion and desire 
I think we're revisiting this from the earlier in the episode. Like passion, desire definitely motivates you to get to get things started. But like, um, it's kind of like like lighting a match. Like it explosion, like real fast, real ignition, quick burn, and all that. But if there's nothing for it to attach itself to, it's just gonna fizz. And yeah. I I definitely want to point out that like for a just taking up an IA, for instance, that really burns you out. And then even more so, like you said, being a vice president of a nonprofit, just hearing this, I'm already like having like this mental meltdown trigger anxiety <laughs> right now. Just be like, oh my god, nonprofit stuff. Being a, being a vice president slash president, oh this sucks. <laughs> and or then and then project planning and all that it it really wrecks you and i could just hear it from your voice like i am so tired right now <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's daunting sometimes it is it is and what i'm trying to get at with a lot of people is like having passion and desire is fantastic it's great but there's gonna come a point and faith uh illustrated already without directly saying it when there's going to come a point of stagnation or it's going to come a point when life just kind of hits you and then that passion and desire fizzes out. It just burns out. It ran its course. It has nothing to attach itself to like long term. And then you just kind of find yourself like in this sense of blah. You know what I mean? Uh, you start wonder- You start wondering like, why did I do this? Why am I here? Why am I still doing this? Is it still worth it? I you know, you start playing the what if games of like what what you could have done differently instead of just kind of sitting there and figuring out the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I feel this. Uh, I'm going to kind of narc from a different uh, show uh, is Dirty Jobs and an- another podcast of of similar guests where they talked about like how blue collar jobs, it really just like sucks the fun out of you. <laughs> and no one just like outward says like you know what i'm gonna go shovel poop for the rest of my life like just actively chooses to do that right like that's their aspiration in life i'm gonna go shovel poop like no one aspires to do that right or uh no one like intentionally aspires to do a dirty job right right off the bat but those that make the best of it those that kind of have this inner calling that i'm gonna excel at whatever it is i do or i find the fun in anything that's the that's kind of like what carries you through it and you said it yourself like uh it hard it's hard work it sucks uh i gotta deal with kids and i gotta deal with uh marking landing zones and all this other stuff but the end result is what kind of makes it worth it right and go ahead i literally have days no you're good i literally have days where i'm like and and i think you know, kind of off topic too. It's important to to focus on things that you like doing outside of what your main hobby or thing it is that you like doing, right? So I'm lucky enough that I love helicopter aviation and I do that not only for work, but I do it outside of work for fun. But other things that I really like to do, I love to vacation with my husband. I love to spend time with my dog. I love to, um, when it's nice outside, I have a garden, like I have things that I like to do. And so sometimes I will say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and check out for a couple days here because I need a good reset, you know, and then I feel like I'm going to be able to jump back on this project like wholeheartedly. 
Um, you know, we, me and my husband, we vacation a lot. We vacation pretty hard. Like we'll go for like a week and a half somewhere we've never been. And it's totally okay and normal to do that. Like I said, you know, just to feel like you need a break or some time away. Like my page, everybody knows I was like gung ho on my page all the time. And we've talked about this on the round table, but you just get burnt out after a while. And the last thing you want to do is get completely burnt out on something that you love. So you almost have to, like I said, not separate yourself from it, but just take a break, take a breather, and then kind of rekindle that later. And, you know, you'll remember why it is that you enjoy doing it. So like I was saying with, you know, the, the events and different things that we do with the nonprofit, there are sometimes I'm like, man, like the planning of this, like exactly like you said, like, God, like calling all these principals and all these people and answering all these parents questions and emails and getting waivers signed and like all of this stuff, like, Oh my gosh, this is just so overwhelming. Like why didn't they read my 17th email correctly? Like, you know, you feel like sometimes you're at your wit's end and then I get there and I'm like, man, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be hot. It's going to be, and I'm like, why did I sign up for this for the next three days? Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. you feel that way, but then, you see the kids getting in and out of the helicopter. They're answering your questions. They're they're asking if they can have your personal phone number because they, they have questions and they're that serious about getting into helicopter aviation and they feel like they can trust your answers. You know, you're meeting the parents that are like, hey, we've always wanted our kid to do something like this. We came to this on a whim. We're from three hours away. Can we sign our kid up for your summer camp? Like, you know what I mean? Like just you finally start to make the connections that you were, that you remember why you did it in the first place is because, you know, you didn't have those people that were doing the same for you. And, you know, you would want that to be passed on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's what helps me a lot of times. Like I said, I, you know, there are, don't get me wrong. There are days where I'm like, God, I would rather spend my, you know, this July weekend at the lake or doing whatever. And sometimes go do that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Don't, don't burn your plans up entirely with, um, whatever it is you're trying to progress in, because that's something else too, that I've had to learn how to sacrifice and, um, you know, sidestepping a little bit off of that topic. But we were talking about, um, you know, the expo and all these events that you can go to, you know, as somebody that has a pretty hectic schedule already, you know, two weeks of vacation, three weeks of vacation, Sometimes you end up burning them up on things like expos or, you know, events that are career building. And it's important to save some of those for stuff that you want to do outside of that. So, um, you know, the Heli Expo, uh, that's one of my favorite ones. I always allot a week of my vacation time for that. And then, you know, you hear people going to Oshkosh and then they're like, oh, are you going to go to this fly in? And so I'm like, you know, I only get two, three weeks vacation. So to burn all of it up on aviation related events, as much as I would love to, I have to make time for other things that are also important to me, like spending time with my family and my husband and doing stuff like that. So I I tell them straight up, I'm like, hey, y'all get one week from me. <laughs> this is the week that I'm going to allot because this is the top of my priority list. I wish I could attend the others. Really sorry. You know, hopefully sometime in the future when I've racked up some more vacation time, we can revisit it. But I got to, I got to take care of me. Otherwise, if I fizzle out, I'm no good to nobody. So, um, but that's one thing that I think sometimes I kick myself and I'm like, man, I haven't been to the women in aviation conference in like, you know, four or five years, or I'll hear Elena talking about, you know, the, 
the MROs of America. Is that what she's always talking about? With yes. the competing? Yeah, she's like, girl, you got to do MROs of America. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then, you know, people are like, have you ever been to Oshkosh? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I almost feel like guilty, like I'm not doing enough. And then I take a step back and I'm like, okay, for a 27-year-old at this point in her career, you almost need to chill out a little bit because yeah. the last thing you want to do is burn out. And so I've I've gotten a lot better in the last year with as much as I've taken on it also saying no. So it's it's been tough because I've been offered some really cool projects and ideas and i usually just tell them it's not a no it's just no right now so if i can find someone that fits the bill better for you for the time being i think i know a couple people that would be willing to do this or that or i have someone that's kind of like i was fiddling their thumbs at their desk and is looking for a project that i think would be perfect for you let me give them a call and so i try to be the liaison as much as i can because then it doesn't burn the bridge and they're more willing to, to circle back to you, you know, if something else comes along down the road. And I think that's actually what's gotten me this far as well. So saying no is, is just as important as saying yes. You know, I love the fact that you brought that up because that's definitely, that definitely ties into like what happens when the desire, passion burns out. Like there's nothing to attach itself to, to keep it going long-term. And that's definitely one of them is like, know your boundaries, like know what you're willing to, have know what you're willing to accept and just realize like sometimes like uh it's going to require you it's going to require your boundaries to go a little bit out of your comfort zone now um we've all been in this area where like uh don't settle for something less than what you want or don't uh don't let people naysay you um for the things that you don't want and i will say mostly yes uh but however like sometimes you know like what people say um, is growth related, right? Like this is for your betterment. And there's many times when the growth zone, if there's a, if there's a word for that, I'm coining it now, the growth zone is not always in our comfort zone. So like what's, uh, what's, um, what's a better way? Like what's growth facilitating may not be comfort facilitating, Right. And an example was that's with those dirty jobs, right? Like those individuals, like they're shoveling poop, they're getting grimy, they're getting dirty, just like us on the line, getting grimy, getting dirty, getting sweaty, uh, having various fluids that probably will never wash off <laughs> uh, or will probably, or probably lead to like a short circuit in, in our lifetime. And the reason why we do that is not because we love getting dirty or we, maybe some people do, I don't know. Um, but it's because of the end result, right? Like what the the end result is kind of like what drives us to do what we do. And seeing that thing take off safely and land safely as you intended to, that's a fulfillment in of itself. Whether you're the person on the ground making it happen or you're the person in the plane making it happen, that's what kind of drives us to do things. And then as Faith alluded to, it is bake in some you time. Understand like, you know, the career itself, once it takes off, it's kind of it's it's kind of like those uh, algorithms where like you have to keep it up. You have to keep going. Otherwise, like the algorithm will just like delete you and you will just like not exist <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and trust me, I felt that too. And we kind of addressed that a little bit in the creators roundtable. Like you get like this sense of go, go, go. I must do this. 
every day, every week, time in, time out, three times a week, three times a day, or whatever the case may be. And you will feel that with your career as well, especially if you're new, like opportunities just fall. And it's one of those like, well, I have to take it because what if this is the opportunity missed or this is the, the, the FOMO moment and the, <laughs> the fear of missing out moment. And you can't sit with yourself, but you also have as faith as alluded to, if you just keep saying yes to all these things, yeah, it will prog- you, you're going to learn fast, real fast. But what's also going to happen is you're going to condition yourself to just forget about yourself. Like you're going to just kind of dump the whole reason why you fell in love with this or the whole reason why it, it motivated you to do this. And it's going to turn into just the job. It's going to turn into just the paycheck. It's going to turn into just another reason to keep on breathing. And then you're going to hate your way all the way to retirement. And then you're going to have zero fulfillment, uh, zero uh, yourself time, so to say. And then you're just going to kind of be angry and salty for the rest of your life. <laughs> now, there's plenty of things in aviation that's going to make you angry and salty already. So self-inducing a lot of this is going to make things a whole lot worse. And I, I say like there's going to be things in aviation that going to make you salty already is because like the work itself is very grinding it, it it has a lot of demand it pays well don't get me wrong but it also has that demand and as faith has alluded to like you get those moments where like it just go it's just go it's just go or the schedule happens the schedule changes the schedule revamps itself you have you move somewhere or something else comes along uh you try to fit in some other stuff that's bettering for yourself out like work related but outside of work so to say like nonprofit stuff it's bettering yourself it's getting things good it's burning up some of your personal time and then you start getting to this motion where you condition yourself like that's all you should be doing <laughs> <laughs> that's all you should be doing and then uh, you sit back in the end and you realize like well what the heck did i just do <laughs> you you come along this motion where you're you just feel like this treadmill you're constantly moving, you're constantly sweating, but you went nowhere. <laughs> so I'm kind of call, I'm kind of talking shit about myself on that one because yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things that you, and you brought up a bunch of good points about, you know, being uncomfortable or doing something that that makes you feel uncomfortable and that's it's literally one of my favorite quotes is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the exact definition of insanity so you know you see those people that get in the the swing of things just the routine just the nine to five just the nine to five they're they're content with what they're doing they want to stay inside their lane their bubble and they those are the people that i i see and i feel like are just miserable they're just waiting for the finish line which if you're just waiting to get to the finish line, you've wasted your whole life. You know, and I, I just always try to, I'm always trying to progress. And I feel like the only way to do that is to be uncomfortable because you're gonna have to put yourself in situations where you're learning something for the first time that you don't understand. Or you volunteer for the project that you, you know, voice that maybe uh, you would be interested in learning and assisting on, but you ended up slowing them down a little bit, but you learned a lot along the way. Um, you know, it's the first time that you really mess up and maybe you break something as an AMP or while you're working. And, you know, you have those days where you're like, man, why did I ever sign up to do this in the first place? Like, you know, you're just like, I'm an idiot. You want to bang your head against the wall. Like you have those days just like anybody, but 
it's those days and how you handle them and how you progress forward and people see how you handle those situations that excels you. You know, I, like I think sometimes people that don't know me that well think that these things just fall in my lap. You know, that, that, you know, I just, it's just, sometimes it just happens. And I know I was joking about that previously that it kind of did, but it's because of how many things I volunteer to help on. And I was always the first to be like, Hey, I don't know how to do that, but I have a lot of spare time. Could you mind teaching me? Or, Hey, like I really suck in this area. Like I've got some downtime. Can I assist you in this? Or is there training available for that? Like, and it's funny because it's, you know, no one else took the initiative to do that. I would, I was working at a, a place of employment where people had worked for years and years and years. And as soon as I got there, um, I was like, okay, I, you know, got acclimated to working on helicopters and they said, okay, everybody here kind of has like a niche, like a thing that they do. What do you want yours to be? And I said, honestly, I would love to get further into avionics, further into sheet metal and or track and balance. And they said, okay. They said, well, you know, we have availability in all those areas. So what do you think? Like kind of think on it. So I was like, you know what, if I do track and balance, that's probably going to get me up in front of the helicopter the most and learn about more of the systems and how it operates and watch the pilot actually fly the damn thing. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask about that. So every single time track and balance came up, all the guys would moan and groan. They're like, Oh, I hate track and balance. I hate track and balance. And I was like, I'll do it. I'm like, it might take twice as long, but I'll do it. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, someone tried to walk me through the motions. And so I started doing it, ended up loving it. And then I became the person that they called when they had a problem. And so it felt good to be needed, but I can't tell you how many times, you know, I burned up through a, a tank of fuel. And my boss was, you know, come on, girl. Like, what's taking you so long? You're going to cycle this thing out. How many starts you've got on it? And, you know, just giving me trouble. But I'm like, hey, like, you know, that's the price to be paid for the new guy. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best here, man. Yep. And so feeling some of the pressure and, and, and doing that. But then, you know, like me doing my how-to helicopter stuff, the guys were like, why would you do that? You know, like, that's just so goofy. Like, you know, everyone that works on helicopters already knows what it is that you're doing or you're trying to insinuate. And I'm like, no, I feel like there's other people out there that would find it interesting. And, you know, and I I just think it's cool. And so I did that and took that on. And a bunch of people were like, this is such a great idea. And, you know, like, I think it's great you're doing education. And that brought about a ton of opportunities and meeting new people. And they could see just how much I enjoyed progressing, no matter what it was in, whether it was in my how-to helicopter stuff, my own personal career meeting people just you know and so um sorry to have gone on this really long tangent but no, no you're absolutely <laughs> you, right <laughs> it's i think that you know it, it, it's something that you're gonna be uncomfortable in life but you're gonna go a lot further in it if you are and that's something like i said i trust me i have those days where i literally want to bang my head against the wall I want to hide out in the bathroom for 10 minutes and just cry about something stupid that I did. And I'm like, Oh, why'd you say that? Or why'd you do that? Like, come on, man. Yeah. And then like, like pull it together. And then I'm like, you know what? If, if anybody else in the shop floor said they never had a day like that, they're lying. They're yeah. absolutely lying. But I was lucky enough to have worked with people that were all around my dad's age. So when I had a day like that and they could see it, they're like, hey, sister, like, go fill out paperwork in the office for like an hour. Just take a load off. Like, we'll cover you. We got it. And so, you know, I would do the same for them. Like, one of them, you know, like, man, my knee is just bothering me today. And, you know, I got some stuff going on at home or whatever. I'm like, hey, like, I'll finish this project up. If you want to take a PTO day or whatever, don't feel guilty. Like, I got it. 
or, Hey man, I messed this up. Like, can you help me fix it? Like, you know, I, I, you know, whatever it was, I broke this Zeus fastener off. I'm at my wits end. Like, can you help me, you know, drill this one out and re-rivet this on and whatever it was. And so, um, like I said, if, if anyone has done really well in their career and they told you that they've never been uncomfortable, they're lying or wow. even not even just done well, just done their career, you know, yeah, it's just human nature. So, but like I said, I think that, you know, the more you are willing to have that mindset to push forward and get through it and be transparent about it too. If you're having a shit day, it's okay to raise your hand and be like, Hey, I am not, um, operating a hundred percent today, but I'm still here and I'm going to do my best because I, I want to keep on keeping on. But yep. Most definitely. You know, and I, I want to touch base just a wee bit because you mentioned about the heli- how the helicopter stuff and just social media in general. Because we've, I think we've progressed to that point where we're air quotes popular enough because we're not the cool kids in the house where like people like just start questioning like, why do we do this? Right. And and not in a, not in a critical like growth way. It's just more like, oh God, this is like not a big deal. Everybody knows that. Like, come mm-hmm. on now. Like, what about this? What about that? Like, uh, hey, man, I, I get it. You, you're playing stump the chump and you win. Uh, I am 100% the chump. I, I do not pretend to know everything. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to, pre- I'm not even going to attempt to argue with you. Right. Uh, but some, but some individuals, like they feel like, especially with the stuff that we do as far as content creation, kind of flashing back to the uh, round table episode where uh, we feel like everybody already knows this. This is common knowledge. Yes, for us, for the ones who've been seasoned with the experience for some time, but there's some individuals out there who are too quiet to say it, that it's still wrecking their head as to why this Mm -hmm. does not click. Or there are individuals from a different field and they want to understand how the rest of it works. Like commercial guys never seen a helicopter before or... Uh, helicopter dudes never seen a commercial airliner before. Uh, another off topic is for the MRO Americas, which you mentioned, uh, the aircraft maintenance competition. There's an event now that involves a uh, main rotor track and balance. And I don't know how to tell, I don't know how many people have messages like, dude, explain to me helicopter track and balance. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there snickering, like, suffer. <laughs> now you will know the pain <laughs> like, prepare to be there all day <laughs> yeah you think you got the move line right think again pal yeah it's like it's been three hours and it's like 0.5 vip still like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> but it makes two of us <laughs> you know but like uh those kind of things like that's what it's meant for right it's meant for a laugh for us but like ha, i remember i remember doing that or yeah that totally sucked it's a good laugh for the us who know about it but it's 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 like a learning curve for the ones who either a are too quiet to say you know like i don't know how to do that or for those who want to do it i have no clue what it means right like again with the tail rotor or main rotor track and balance for guys who are 20 30 plus years an aircraft mechanic never seen the inside of a helicopter before i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. like there are some individuals here who can do helicopter stuff blindfolded upside down and backwards but you you put them next to a 747 like what the hell is this (laughs) yeah i would not know the first thing maybe admittedly i don't either i understand the concept 
I, I know how it works <laughs> because of other airframes I've touched. But if you ask me to just like do a job, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, I'll read the manuals, obviously. And, you know, it may take all dang day, but I have. I have the core skills to kind of get the job done, but it's not going to be done as efficiently as someone who's like been doing this for X amount of years or for the the entirety of their aviation career. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think that's like the great equalizer for the aircraft maintenance competition is like you have individuals who are aircraft mechanics, but have never touched this stuff like ever. Um, I mean, such a broad spectrum. Yeah. And I, I encourage the people to go. If, uh, if there's any expos to go to, uh, High Healy is definitely one of them and the MRO Americas where you see actual mechanics doing mechanic stuff is a is a second one if anything that's probably like the Super Bowl of aircraft mechanic stuff which I totally <laughs> want to go to I 100% want to go to it it always manages to fall on a time when I'm, it's like the busiest work season of our, of, our <laughs> of the year yep. like, why or, <laughs> or it's in a place where like it, it's it's within range for us to do work wise, but it's like out of pocket, like uh, location wise. Like it, it's gonna it's gonna cost more for us to get there than it is for us to just like take a PTO day. Like uh, definitely, hundred percent want to go, please, right? And if any anyone out there who wants to have us go, by all means, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, here's my Venmo, and I'm totally willing to be there. <laughs> I feel you. There's right. so many things like Oshkosh and different things like all my friends are like, oh, like I'm a influencer for Oshkosh and I got this and that. And I'm like, that's so cool. And yeah. they're like, yeah, are you going to go? And I'm like, I do not have a personal aircraft to A, get me there. B, I don't have an extra week of vacation time. And C, that's a long time yes. to get up there. Yes. And I just, yeah, like it's, it, there's nothing close by that is convenient to get in and out of there or like I said, or sun and fun. And so I've always just got so much going on and like the, the expo almost always falls like the week before or after the women in aviation conference. Yep. So some of the gals take off and block out two weeks, but I'm like two weeks straight aviation. Like I'm exhausted by the time I get back from expo. I could yeah. not imagine dropping like everything and then flying to another city to do another convention i would be so fried and frazzled yeah and you know like uh kudos to the ones who can do that because i mean convention going even as a spectator is exhausting it's exhausting yeah. you know even if even for the if price wasn't a factor like dude budget all the way through we'll pay for it we'll we'll get you tickets all this and that like it's paid for full ride going to these conventions sweet but even then, it's like it's still a burnout. So like, just attending is a burnout. And I can only imagine if you had to front every all the logistics for yourself to get there. Like, <sighs> it, it, it burns out. I definitely want to go. Don't get me wrong. I definitely want to go to every single one of these conventions. If we could have a season where that's all we did, cool, <laughs> freaking cool. I would love it. I would. I would. If I was, if my name started with anything other than Mister. Like senator or general, I would one hundred percent get on a tour bus and go touring. I totally would. That's actually kind of like a life goal. I just want to get on a tour bus and tour. <laughs> or yeah, I just want to have a helicopter and go cool place to cool place and vlog. <laughs> yeah, right. Or just like to see people, like you said. Like I love meeting new people. 
and especially like hearing like some of their experiences, some of their situations. That's kind of like goes into that passion part. That's what really fires it up. That's like throwing gasoline on a on a bonfire, you know. Mm-hmm. It just really it gets me going. And seeing like their faces and seeing their progression or seeing their hearing their aspirations of what they've done already. And sometimes like you hear some of these and you're like, I don't even rate to be here. You hear some people's uh, accomplishments like, why am I here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm the, fir- I'm the first person to break the sound barrier. I'm the first woman to go transatlantic. I'm the first woman to fly from Pacific Coast to Pacific Coast. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even in your league. Like I, I work nine to five. Okay, maybe not nine I, to five. I work on work on junk shit, and I <laughs> I yeah. walk my way through it, and I have fun being a goofball that's covered in dirt and grease and grime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Like I hear people they're like, my great great grandma was one of the first wasps, and then other people are like, oh yeah, like you know, both my parents work for Delta and. You know, or my dad's a, a stunt helicopter pilot. I'm like, wow. You yeah. know, you always feel like you're this small because there's always somebody out there that's got some other crazy story that trumps yours. Right. And, and that's one of those things you just kind of sw- have to swallow along with your career, right? Like, there's always going to be someone who does it better. There's always going to be someone who's willing to do it for less. There's always going to be someone who's just like that much more willing to sacrifice it all to make it happen. It's just the nature of the game. Like where you, you know, like where you fit in that in that bar in that median. If that's your average, that's your average. Like if you're willing to push more to do just a little bit more, cool. But just realize, like some some uh, levels, you're just not gonna reach. And it's not because of your fault. It's just because of that other person is just that much more willing and able to go that extra distance. And that may be a good or a bad thing. Take it as how you see it. And I'm not saying don't do it. But just know your limit. If you're a Mazda, don't try to race a Ferrari. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, don't be, yeah, absolutely don't be afraid to shoot for the stars. But at the same time, like, don't compare other people's achievements to your own. Yes. You know, like, cause that, that's how you get caught up in the rat race of always thinking, like, you need to make more money or your life would be better if you had millions of dollars. And actually, that's so funny that you said that. I was listening to, a podcast today and there's a guy that went viral and he was just known as the Mexican fisherman. And he, every day, his family, they live, they didn't have much. He would go out and he figured out if he fished for his family, all he would bring them back was fish and they would cook and they would spend time at the beach. And he got to see his wife and kid every day and spend so much time with them. And this businessman met him one day on the beach and was like, no, you need to catch a hundred fish. And you need to sell them um, to make more money. And he's like, well, why would I need more money? And they're like, well, so you can spend more time with your, your wife and kids. And then they're like, oh, but you need to open up a fishery. And you need to develop, you know, like, it was just so funny how, like, at the very end of it, and they're like, but he's like, but why? But why? But why? And like, so you can have more money, so you can have more money. And then the end of it was why? Well, so you can spend all that money with your wife and kids. You know, but I thought it was so funny that that analogy, and that actually is a real guy. I did not know that. Somebody was like, I found him on TikTok the other day. He has like a legit channel. And that's what he does every day. Like he lives the most simplistic life. He's like, I refuse to be part of the rat race because I find, you know, the the beauty in the most simple things in life. And so I just thought that was just so funny that that's like his outlook on life, which absolutely like, like we were saying, if you have big aspirations, totally go for them. But 
if you fall below that, don't be discouraged. You see people doing bigger and better, greater things. They went a different path. Like don't ever let that discourage you because sometimes I get to feeling that way. And then I take a step back and I'm like, there are some people that would probably kill to have a helicopter AMP job or to have the freedoms that I do, you know, and I'm just starting out and, you know, like I said, it's just one of those things that you cannot get caught up in it. It's just, it's all really just going back to your demeanor. Like as much as I would love to be like, yeah, like everyone is at the same place at the start line. Like it all really is chalked up to you. Mm-hmm. Like your employer can't make you want to come to work. You have to find the want to want to come to work. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you got to do whatever it is that makes you tick and want to do that whether it is your work or something outside of work that you enjoy and that's what's funding it, you know, whatever it is that makes you want to be a a better person at what you do a hundred percent do it. But like I said, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally and physically to achieve that. So like I said, this, I know I talked about it a lot earlier, but the Ed Milet show on Apple podcast, I think he's on everything. It's free. Um, Some of them are kind of corny. Some of them, are pretty intense it just depends on who he's interviewing that day but i every time i get burnt out from music um because i listen to a lot of music and sometimes i'll find myself listening to the same stuff over and over i'll switch gears and listen to a couple ed milet podcasts and he's awesome dude and i love his outlook and philosophies on life and i listen to him a lot so definitely check him out if you're ever looking for something new most deaf. Am I let you heard you heard this from us? Like we 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 love your stuff, <laughs> and especially the one with dirty jobs. That was definitely a great episode, fantastic one. And uh, again, for everyone else out there, as Faith has said, you know, like find your why, find your want, find your reason, and just know like uh, what your limits are. Understand that you're gonna fall out of your comfort zone, but also understand that the growth zone is not always within the comfort zone. So a little bit of pain is okay, but too much pain is like, okay, like pump the brakes, friend. <laughs> right? And then have some, have, have some <laughs> avenues to reset. Have, have definitely have some avenues to reset. All, all this saying with all this said and done, this is going to help you in your career, regardless of what level you're at, whether you've been doing this for some time now and you're the salty, salty person who just kind of day in, days out, paycheck to paycheck, build towards retirement and figure it out later or you're that brand new person starry i've never seen it but you saw uh something that grabbed your attention enough to want to dive into this it's it's the vehicle to take you there is the same how you decide to drive it is a different story wow i just blew my own brain (laughs) i just blew my own brain like wow i've i've been doing that a lot lady man sometimes like i listen back to these and i just like did I really say that? Was that me or is that some kind of dub in? Like someone just like manifested through my, like jump into my brain, took, kicked me out of my own body and just started talking. <laughs> you hype yourself up. You're like, yeah, that was a good one. That was yeah. good. Who said that? That was, no. <laughs> so Faith, where can we find you to learn more of your content and your how-tos and the nonprofit stuff? So I am on um, Instagram and TikTok primarily as how-to-helicopter altogether. Um, I also, you can check out the, uh, nonprofits page. It's the gateway youth aeronautical foundation, um, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. And then their Instagram is gateway underscore youth arrow. So you can check them out. They don't have as many posts just yet. 
I've been trying to schedule some more stuff for the summer. This is my first uh, calendar year with them. And that's my first six months as acting vice president. So we're gearing up for a bunch of stuff this next year and trying to pre-plan. And now that I've got a good, good idea of what, you know, what we're trying to do and um, we can focus and get some more advertising and marketing. So I'm really excited about that as well. Awesome stuff. And then any final words for anybody out there? Um, if you're looking to become an AMP, is a great time to get into the market. Um, I've heard you sure you've heard this a lot, especially if you're listening to this podcast. They've got a lot of tips and tricks. Um, it's always important to see the, the most transparent people that are in the industry before making that that decision if that's what you want to do or not. So, if you want to be a welder, if you want to be uh, a carpenter, you know whatever it is, a fabricator. If you want to do any line of work, obviously do your research. And talk to the people that are going to be able to give it to you straight. Um, so if you want to give it or if you want to get the most you know, current and, and transparent information, I would definitely do that here. My page, um, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to talk to you. So even if they're, their presence on the screen um, looks a little bit more official or just straight up educational, I know that's how mine is. I'm not scared to have these types of conversations with people or uh, email or a phone call or whatever it may be to, to answer your questions and to hopefully see if this is something that you want to do. So Outstanding. And then once again, for those job searches, you have jsfirm.com uh, and amtsocials.com. There's also LinkedIn f- socials and then also look up for those expos. Uh, High Healy Expo is definitely one of them. It's probably the largest uh, helicopter expo in the US, possibly the world, I think. I want to say world too. Yeah, the HAI Heli Expo is the the biggest in the world. And then they do European rotors too. So if you're listening um, from somewhere overseas, they do make an appearance at European rotors, which is a really big one. I think that was in Germany this year. Not 100%, but... Yeah, I want to say it was Germany. I think you're right. It was Germany. That's on my bucket list too. But man, I got to find more PTO time. (laughs) Right, most definitely. I got to find the logistics funds for that too, right? Because the flights may be covered, but everything else, knowing me fully well, I'm going to blow some money. (laughs) I want to make some people rich over there. (laughs) Uh, And and also uh, along with the expos, there's also conventions, there's career recruiters, there's LinkedIn, all sorts of stuff like that. But hey, let us know what you think. What sort of resources do you know of that helped you land a job or at least help prepare you for a job? Uh, that we did not mention here uh, what sort of ways help you beat past when the compassion i'm sorry when the passion and the desire burn out what sort of ways do you uh use to help you unwind or reset yourself what's some good vacation spots too like or what are, what other stuff are we missing expos or otherwise because we definitely want to go like i said like our, our one of our life goals or at least our career goals for this show is to get on a tour bus and just tour if animators and youtubers can do it by by gosh like we're going to figure out a way somehow some way <laughs> that's yep. definitely a, that's definitely a life goal on that note hey you can catch us again on all sorts of on the rest of our information on whatever podcast platform you listen to there's also our social medias there's our email there's our website the absolute best way to get a hold of us, at least us for Council for Maintenance, to have these types of conversations is through our Discord channel. You can find that on our website or our Patreon. We have all sorts of conversations like this. We hear people's problems. We try to direct them to the best outlet to help them out with. And 
it's a good it's a good learning curve for everybody involved including us like there's a lot of stuff that mentions we have no clue what the hell they're talking about <laughs> on that note <laughs> faith thank you again for joining us and yeah absolutely thank you guys so much for having me not a problem feel free to be return return guest all the time every time <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate on, that and everyone thank you all for listening and we'll see you all on the next one have a good one everybody we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainus.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.